I put on a collared shirt for this. Whoa. So, yeah. I'm so special. I feel <laughs> underdressed with the I have a collar. Look at you, Rick. You're sad. Oh, yeah. Do you need mm-hmm. your cashmere sweater or something? Should I, should I turn my hat around? Hi, everyone. I'm Cami Chaos. And I am Rick Terosi. And we are mildly interesting people. Which is why we always go through the effort of bringing someone far more interesting than either of us to chat with us. Who do we have today, Cammy? Well, I will tell you that uh, in our little pre-show run-up, uh, our guest today informed me that he is, in fact, not more interesting than we are, and that he's sitting at a very low bar. And I would like true. to count. I would like to counter that. I will say that when I met this gentleman, it was like he was your little bratty brother. And his name is Nick, which rhymes with Rick, and that's some really great like kid naming <laughs> rhyming stuff, even though they're not related. Um, I did not know until much later the following three important key pieces of information that you need to know about our guest. Number one, he is a video game aficionado, and when we needed to buy a new video game system, we went to him. We said, what do we buy? We're old. We're out of touch. Tell us what to get. We want to have fun. Second, he is a spare ingredient auteur chef on the internet. It is amazing. Mm. And I found out today, every single video is done in a single take. (laughs) And third, and most importantly, (laughs) and maybe the one that I actually have a really hard time and struggle with a little bit, is that he is a Christian rock legend. (laughs) And I'm not making that up he he is one of the founding members of a band called falling up and has had some great success as a christian rock musician in his life uh and i just think that's zany like whoa what the what (laughs) so everyone please meet the lovely the enchanting the ever mind-boggling nick lambert (laughs) hello welcome thank you (laughs) say hi to the people nick i'll i will do a quick uh correction on the band thing i did Uh-oh. join later so i wasn't <gasps> a founding member um, he's not a founding oh, member no i joined so later a, i'm sorry uh, let me redo that a tag along member of yes. <laughs> yeah 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 he's so like you I guys can... are you guys are doing well oh well yeah. hey what about me can i join exactly yeah. i mean yes you're not wrong <laughs> it was a um i was like you guys want cooler guitars and they were like sure <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. I can do that, I think. Um, but How yes. do you go from being a Christian rock legend to standing next to me at a buffet for a startup event? There's different types of legends. Um, <laughs> and I think we're all legends in our own elements. And mm-hmm. honestly, my favorite type of legend to be around is a, bu- a buffet legend. Um, and that's <laughs> really where inspiring. I get my most joy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we have that one you. really amazing Thai food buffet. Do you remember with the skewers and the rocks? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had way, basically it was just a bowl of peanut sauce. And then I just <laughs> like put whatever just <laughs> dipping. So is this, is this soup? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yummy. I've done that. I have done that where I was like, oh, this is a cute dish of soup. <laughs> like, peanut oh, that's, that's peanut Fantastic. sauce. Yeah. So uh, I hate to start this off on, on kind of a low note, but I, I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, you know, we've touched on like potential siblings 
touched on video games. Nick, can you just take us through what it was like being separated from your brother, Pedro Pascal, at birth? <laughs> you know what? I should have worked. And uh, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> when will you introduce me? Oh, man. Rick says I, it's okay for me to meet him. I'm very excited to get a lot, well, to see you get a lot of comments of being like, what? <laughs> no. Like, Why? How? No. No. Um, I, I should have wore the jacket that I got that I was heavily advertised to on Instagram before the show came out, before I saw anything. And I got this jacket and I was like, dang, this is so good. And then when I was <laughs> shopping for it, I was like, oh man, that denim would look really good under that jacket. So I just bought it both. And I remember wearing it one day right after I got it. And I saw a commercial for The Last of Us. <laughs> and, and I you was were like, like, Daddy, hold up. Hello. And yeah. And then an ad that day from the company I bought it from was like, buy the same jacket as Pedro Pascal from the last of it. I was like, Oh my God. So yeah. Um, I wish I knew the guy. Honestly, Is that I helping feel your romantic cred. <laughs> I, you, you said to bring it, dude. I've had one <laughs> at, you can, I will let you guess which bar, which establishment of Portland this happened in. But I was at the bar and someone came up and just sat next to me and said, has anyone told you you look like Pedro Pascal? <laughs> and I was like, I, I appreciate that. Like, that means a lot. Um, I disagree, but I appreciate. Uh, and, and that then turned into a very, very awkward moment that I ended up just being like, I'm closing out and I'm moving. <laughs> um, I imagine Pedro Pascal has to do that a lot when people ask him if he looks like Pedro Pascal. So I understand. Right. When people ask him if he looks like, like you look like Nick Lambert. Um, <laughs> he look a lot like Pedro Pascal or his little brother, Nick Lambert. You know, oh, I used to love this band called Falling Up and you look a lot like. It's like their guitarist. Yeah. So weird. Um, that I bar was, was, yeah. You want to guess? Which old bar gold? that was? <laughs> no. Good, good guess. Say, what's that one down by the old pie office with the fancy cocktails? Oh, no. Palomar? that's a meat market. Palomar? Oh, I love Palomar. Is it Palomar? Oh, that wasn't the one you're... <laughs> um, no, the one... The one... Uh, teardrop? Oh, oh teardrop. teardrop. Yeah. yeah. No, it was uh, Sandy Hut. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sandy Hut. Mm. <laughs> I'll go ahead and provide a photo of Sandy Hut to overlay this so people can see what a fine, Please fine do. establishment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to, on the Palomar thing, there have been multiple iterations of a pie office, and Palomar used to be the walking distance bar that Rick and I would go to mm. after working all day at the pie office that was in Southeast Portland. And yeah. Would, if, if you waited for the train, because it was yeah. the <laughs> train. Landed uh, the old gold thing. I'll let you get to actual questions here in a moment. <laughs> the uh, the old gold thing. I became a regular there because of traffic. So uh, early sure. early Oregon yeah. storyboard days mm. when I would leave Omsi, I was still living in Vancouver at the time. Uh, for the first couple years, I was down here, and 
traffic was so bad going back that I would just get off at Killingsworth, <laughs> hang out at Old Gold yeah. for like two hours, and then go home. Like I would just wait for the traffic to go. But um, it was a much better way to spend my time than just. Yeah, it's not a bad spot <laughs> to waste a couple hours. Yeah. By all means. <clears throat> a Washingtonian instead of an Oregonian, Nick. Well, I was, but now I'm going to be again. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm asking about both past and future, Nick. Um, I mean, I grew up in Washington, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. I obviously knew. no, I didn't actually. That, so <laughs> that obvious to me. It doesn't sound. I can't. I'm not giving off. You Washington, have that. You have Eastern that real Washington north vibes. northeast Washington kind of accent. <laughs> I'm really picking up on there. You're, you have a goth lumberjack <clears throat> today. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I grew up, my whole family, most of my family is still over there uh, near Spokane, um, if not in Spokane. Uh, Grew up out in the Palouse Hills. Uh, We were all uh, wheat and barley and lentil farmers um, and lived out in the middle of nowhere. And it was pretty awesome. Uh, And then we moved to the big city of Spokane (laughs) uh, (laughs) when I got a little older. And then we had a stint in uh, over by Seattle. Uh, we lived in Bothell for like two oh, years well. when I was yep. very young. My brother had like just been born. Um, and then we came back. Wait, to there's Spokane. another mini Pedro Bosco? There is. He's he, Brian looks way cooler than me. He's got very <laughs> long hair, really thick, good mustache. Well, he could um, be Pedro. I, yeah, he could I be love Pedro Pedro's then. Yeah. mustache, but yeah. And no, Brian. Does have a little scarcity, <laughs> yeah. scarcity, sparsity, scar- yeah. That that's the only that's where it, I fit in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, I lived in Seattle for almost ten years before coming down here, um, mm-hmm. and so obviously most of my life, two third, two no, ugh, I'm forty now, so wait, <laughs> I was doing thirty year wait stuff. You're that <clears throat> close to my age. Yeah, I just turned forty. He's yeah. just, just very he's very youthful. He's very in youthful. demeanor. <laughs> yes. Um I thought we had a ways to go until you turned forty. Good no. to know. Welcome to yeah. your 40s, my friend. I did it. Fourth decade. <laughs> um But yeah, and you know, I've been Portland for ten years or this area for ten years now, um, which is yep. really wild uh to think about. And yeah, I just I, I felt it was time. You know, we had a lot of um, a lot of unfortunate events kind of hit the family last year, um, all just kind of in a clump. And mm. I wasn't able to be there for all of them. And then the holidays hit and like 84 closed, Snoqualmie Pass closed. All my options really to get back home for the holidays were gone. And I think just time and me honestly me turning 40 which i thought was gonna not be a big deal became a bigger deal than i thought it was gonna be um and i just felt like i wanted to be closer to family again so and made that choice luckily my job uh which i we may or may not touch on but like you know i'm at autodesk now i love autodesk they're great they've been really wonderful i feel like you have not been keeping me informed <laughs> the, you, they have been they, wonderful. They in acquired. This happen, they acquired so. the wild, and so I, Nick wound up with I the job that. there. Yeah, 
It's fair. I forget both of you. None of my doing. It's all their talent. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't pull any Autodesk strings to get Nick a job. No. Now it's making it sound like you did. I think of, you protest too much. I will. I mean, Rick. Rick has pulled a lot of the strings in my entire career for the last ten years, <laughs> for sure. Like. Rick has guided me. He's also like heard me be like, this was a terrible choice. And like, he's, he's been a good venting wall and like a, a really incredible mentor and teacher to me for a decade now, which is yes. wild. This is I why, this is why I, this is why I invite Nick on the podcast to just, <laughs> I'm here give to me, gas up Tarosi. Give me, so. give me accolades. So much that one time, this one time for Rick's birthday, <laughs> who he shares with another person, Rick actually left the. Oh my god, the anger face. Make it. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. He's so cute when he's mad. One time, because Rick loves Nick so much, we actually went out on his birthday and met with other human people in a bar in public, not in our home. The enormity of that was not lost on me. It was was an amazing, I was shocked the entire time. I was like, what is that? We're actually going to do this? We're not canceling at the last minute? All right. Okay, this game. Let's do this. I mean, I'm fine if this episode is just making Rick no, let's, not, let's not do that. <laughs> but oh, let's. We could. Okay. Let's make Rick cry. Nope. And we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's, I call, been, I uh, yeah. that's been my story uh, in a nutshell. Uh, in a very, I, very quick nutshell. That Will you reminds, tell me how you became a Christian rock legend? Oh, <laughs> I was going to go. I was going to go a different direction, but go ahead. But this is where I want to go because it, I, legitimately so, when Rick I, showed me your album, I was like, that's so cute. Nick made a record. And he was like, oh, can Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not that Nick made a record. Um, it's that, I, that was like, that was the Kickstarter <laughs> one, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Didn't you do a Kickstarter? Yeah. That I got yeah. recently. So we did. Yeah, we did a couple. Okay. So long, long story short, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I formed a band with my friends, uh, in Spokane, like right at the beginning of college, end of high school. Um, you weren't and... black happy, were you? No. Were you black happy? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> what um, was the name of the original band? Uh, Paper Astronomer. Um, Paper which Astronomer. Was, uh, good band which was band. super fun. And I was like, are you guitarded? Were you guitarding? Yeah, like that was another one of my. Yeah, that was another one. But it was it was super fun, and like we we were really lucky that we had like full time jobs, and we're still able <laughs> to just kind of like play. And so we ended up opening for Falling Up uh, when they came through Spokane on their like very first first or second tour ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> backstage, I just, uh, hit it off with Jesse, who's the lead singer for that band. Um, and we just stayed in touch. Um, and then over time, eventually they needed, um, another, a, a new guitar player. And I <laughs> knew this was happening and I was like, dude, it's my time. It's my time. Bring me in. Let's, let's F and do this. Coach. And so today. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how it happened. And it was like at the end of the record label era, 
um, which mm-hmm. was probably for the best for me because I I would have really made it even more chaotic uh, than how that ended already, which was which that is a whole nother story for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so right away we did independent releases um, and we did a few shows. We did a couple festivals and um, and it, it was a lot of fun. And we we were going to end on a specific album that we did. And then we were like, well, maybe we want to do, you know, I think it ended up being exactly 10 albums. <laughs> wow. Um, and we're like, maybe we want to do a 10th and just like make it a right, nice round number. So yep. we did a Kickstarter. We put the goal like way higher than we thought anyone would want. And we're like, if we don't hit it, we don't do it. And that's great. And we continue with our lives. And we, <laughs> and we hit it very quickly <laughs> and we were like oh i guess i guess we have to do this um but it was awesome and it was it was great because like everyone was able to play on that where the couple previous albums during the recording it was pretty much just jesse and i playing everything on those um which is uh hot new info getting out there um but uh sorry you know it's spilling the tea people but i think that's what made it that final one that we did like way significantly more special um was just we all got to record on it we all got to play our own parts and everything um and it was awesome and uh yeah it was a fun era of my life it's weird to think about that and the focus that we had then to where I am was now there, and what I do. Was there a time that you thought that that was who you were? Like, is that? Oh, that was the rest. Was like, the rest Nick of Nick. Yeah. Christian yeah. rock legend. And I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Was there? I any- mean, for sure. That was always like the younger me. That was always the goal, you know, up until like not too long ago, like maybe 34, like six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, which then I was like, I kind of want to have a sustainable <laughs> job. I was going to ask you answering it. So, and I think it just kind of ran its course. I think it just kind of hit the the point of where it just felt like a natural point to to move to the next chapter of our lives. Um, you know, Jesse still does. Uh, scoring and he's been working with a lot of stuff. Um, and he's, he's like, Hi, uh, Jesse. yeah, We're talking about he's, you. he's like a freelance, uh, audio director now. So, um, mm. people should definitely <laughs> check him out. Uh, <laughs> he's got a new website, jessereboardy.com. Go there. I love him. He's great. Um, <laughs> we'll but, link it up down below with, yeah. Um, things. and yeah. he and I stay in touch. We hung out a couple weeks ago. Um, and I, I'll <laughs> there's something kind of in the works and oh. I, I can't say what it is or hmm. what it's associated with or anything, but I, there's been plucking of strings and hmm. recordings of sound waves. Um, you are and telepathically so answering we'll, <clears throat> So we'll see. Exciting. We'll see what happens. Um, oh, cool. The timeline is <laughs> very unknown, um, but it is a... <laughs> things have happened to make it where it 
feels like it'll be a thing. So is that's that awesome. exciting. Congrats. That- very. Oh, okay. I mean, good. if I moved my camera down a little bit, you'd see that I bought like a brand new recording interface. I was going to say, I don't want to see. We, we don't have... encourage this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. If I, just turn the, <laughs> if I tilt it down, I can see that I am wearing, not totally not wearing, wearing pants. pants. Yeah. So, <laughs> absolutely fully clothed for this. Um, Goth lumberjack, fully clothed. Yeah. So, Nick, like that brings to mind, like, I think people who perform, be it in athletics or, or artistic endeavors, there's always some point that you don't know it at that time, but it's really just that pinnacle. It's that moment. It's that venue. Like, is there something that sticks in your mind as a musician as like, I can't believe I was playing live at this moment, or I can't believe I was in the studio recording this, like what, what sticks with you from that, from that experience? Oh man, that's a really good question. I, I mean, live shows are always like such a, such a highlight. And Mm -hmm. I, every single one, I would still feel nervous before we started. Like, and I think that was something where, I never wanted to really get rid of it after a while. At first it was annoying, but then I realized that it's what really sets me up to be like, okay, this is an experience that is unique. And this is something that not everybody gets to do. Um, and I think really embracing that as a whole, um, towards the end was, uh, you know, it was really important. And I think, but on top of that, probably the best, honestly, the best feeling was just like getting that final album done and recorded and like mm-hmm. out to people. And I think the reception, the reception of that album was very uh, overwhelming. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was so positive and like you always expect some critiques, you know, and right. like, Right. I, I always got a kick out of like the one star reviews of albums and stuff. Cause it was just like, <laughs> you really, uh, you already bought it. So thank you. Um, and then, <laughs> and, then yeah, and then you're just giving me like things to laugh about really at the end of the day. Like I, I remember wanting to print them out and frame them and put them on our merch tables, um, but didn't, <laughs> didn't quite get full approval for that. But like, you know, for that final album, it, <laughs> I think they, maybe there was really only one bad review that I even found. And it was mostly, and I think it was like, not a bad review. It was like, I can't believe this is the last one. This sucks. You know, and like, and that is, and I'm not like, please, those who are listening, I'm not trying to do this to be like, we were so fucking good. Like, we're like, (laughs) we were the best. Um, It was just a nice end cap for us of this era of our lives um, and to put the amount of time and effort and emotion that we put into that final album and to see it get like 
touch people in a way that was meaningful um, was great. And that was really, that was the culmination of it all. It was like, that's why you do it, you know, is yep. you want to make something that people resonate with. And, and I feel we achieved it with that final album and it was, it was really special. That's awesome. I want to ask a pedantic <laughs> question. Yeah. You were listed as a record as a 45. What was that all about? <laughs> Wait, say that question again. <laughs> No, not a 45. 45, did I say the wrong words? An LP. You released it as an LP, as a record. On vinyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So we have the actual, like, the big square vinyl album in our home. Why did you decide, uh, like, we basically live in the future? And I'm not complaining because we have a record player. Well, I don't have a record player. Rick has a record player. We've got got vinyl. Why did you decide to release it as as an actual vinyl record? Um, and Rick, edit out the part that makes me look stupid. No, you didn't. I just, I, I didn't hear the full question. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, the amount of requests we got to do vinyl was unending, like constantly people wanting it. And we did a pretty short run. The problem was we had to make it so expensive to make the money back from it, which was what we were concerned about. Um, but we sold out of them. And so, you know, I think that justified the reason to do it. Um, I will say, and someone in your, wherever they comment on here will probably correct me (laughs) if I'm wrong, but I, I swear that I heard or read that this last year vine. Oh, it might've been, Maybe it was tied to it was tied to Taylor Swift. Something about hey, hey, vinyl. <clears throat> vinyl outsold uh, CDs, either uh, as a whole uh, or for it. her album specifically. Yeah. Um, I cannot tell you. I I wouldn't <clears throat> even be able to guess when the last time I bought a CD was, but it'd be more than a decade ago. And yeah. I bought records. I mean, right before Christmas. If yeah. If we do another release of something under some name, eventually, uh, I my push <laughs> my push would be to do like vinyl and cassette. To be honest, I would love to release. You hear that, Rick? It's cassette. Tape. Yeah, tape. they are inexpensive to <laughs> to duplicate. Um, we might like need to, get to a tape do orders now. of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought yeah. you were like to knock off. I'm like, yes, they're very yeah. inexpensive to knock off. I did that yeah. regularly. You know, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just gonna record it. We're just gonna put just it through one, a little boombox and, and see like, one at a time. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So, what I'm hearing is that at the age of 34, you decided the your career objective was not to be a rock legend, and now at 40, you're like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> I think it's different now. And I, and I would, I would caution what any musician listening takes from what I'm about to say. I, we're at a point now where we can do music purely as like, well, Jesse does it as a career, but for the group stuff, with all of us, we're at a point where we're able to do this as a, like as a hobby or something that we're just passionate about. Yeah. You know, obviously, yes, we would love to make money. Um, but you know, we put out 
we try and put out stuff when we can, but we don't have any timelines that we're beholden to. Um, and we don't have any, like, you know, we don't have to hit a certain level of sales to appease anyone anymore. You know, right. I have like solo stuff that I put out every once in a while. Jesse and I do gloom catcher things that come out every once in a while. And I have no idea what that is. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> tons of these side projects um, okay. that we have just kind of like that exist in the inner webs. Um, and gloom catcher just for context is Nick's postal service. It's like, Stuff they muck around with on the side, kind of like the postal service, like the United States Postal Service. So, like the no, like the band, the postal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That that makes a lot more sense. That was good clarification. Thank Um, you. I needed the clarification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, (laughs) so there was a there was a project that Jesse did a long time ago, like with all of his own money and everything. Um, called the River Empires, and then Gloomcatchers kind of spun out of that with album or songs that didn't quite make that project. And mm-hmm. and yep. so at that point, I I was annoying Jesse to like play on all the things <laughs> uh, that he ever would do going forward, <laughs> and um, and so I ended up playing on the Gloomcatcher stuff over time as well, and. Uh, and that honestly, that project is one of my favorite things ever. You know, we did huh. we did many shows throughout the Northwest um, as Gloomcatcher, uh, and it was just an easy three piece. I mean, that was what it was just low maintenance. You know, it was just Jesse uh, Jordan who did all the drums for us on those, and and me, mm-hmm. and you know, we would just pack everything in a car and go. Uh, and we would play these shows with much more well-known bands. And sometimes this is all, this is kind of the, this is the arrogant side of me coming out here for this, but like, <laughs> every you're once supposed in a while, to be, you're supposed to be super interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So please be as arrogant as you like. We would play some of these shows with bands that are like, they're way bigger and they would just pull us in because they needed someone and they knew that we were playing shows. And every once in a while we would play a set and I'd be like, oh yeah, we were, we were the best of the whole bunch (laughs) for sure. And, but we would just have fun up there. You know, we, uh, Jesse has such a meticulous like um, method on how he wants everything set up for the vocals because he takes it obviously he takes it very seriously and it's paid mm-hmm. off. Um, but his setup takes a very long time, and so Jordan and I would always just be like hanging out somewhere uh, and just kind of waiting. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was always super fun and uh, we'd get into mischief every once in a while, but, um, and then we'd be like, Oh shoot, we have to play and <laughs> sprinting up on the stage. <laughs> like, we're good. Um, so I, yeah. If you're sitting at a coffee shop somewhere and someone says, Oh my God, you look so familiar. Why do I know you? What's your assumption? Well, now that I've been in Portland for 10 years, um, I assume it's like pie related. Um, something but you're leaving, you're leaving Portland. True. But I've been here long enough and Rick's pulled me into this community. 
um, enough times that usually it's honestly, it's tied to something in the startup world, um, which is, yeah, which is like, that means a lot to me. I, I really, I've kind of fallen out of it a bit the last few years, just because everything else got so busy. But, um, but that was like a huge, that is what gave me like a lot of joy and a lot of like a feeling of belonging here, um, was just this incredible startup community here in Portland. Um, and more often than not, it's that, uh, very, very, very rare. Is it someone who recognizes me from music? Like, (laughs) or thinks that you're Pedro Pascal's little brother. True. True. And that was just like two weeks ago. So, <laughs> right. But yeah. Now that I know that you're 40, I will refer to you as, as his little brother and not his son. Yeah. Um, oh, well, man. and I can, I can still remember Nick and I have known each other 10 years now. Uh, I had to look back he, through my, through math. my, I looked yeah. back through my email to figure out who introduced us because I couldn't remember. I was like, I, I, I had some, I remember who it is. Yeah, it's it's uh, Trent from Apple yep. who saw you pitch at a thing, and uh, <laughs> and the, my favorite part of meeting Nick, and this will lead to a question after I like soak in <laughs> nostalgia, Palm Olive, or whatever I'm doing. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of meeting Nick is we were we met at Barista. In coffee, in, for those yeah, of you know, yeah, coffee in, in the pearl, in the pearl, and I'm like, I need to, I need to tone it down because this dude's really nervous, like he's shaky and like he's like, I need to be careful. <laughs> and later, only came to realize he'd already had like I don't know twenty shots of espresso <laughs> at that point in time. It was just jittery. Yeah, but but it was one of the situations where I'm like, he was he was. So and and remain so genuine and just like a, a, a fan of his art that he was so genuine and passionate about what he wanted to do. And we're getting to my question, which at that point in time, it transitioned from the creativity of music to the creativity of video games and entrepreneurship. And and he went, you know, he wanted to explore that space and 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 I was more than happy to help and then you know had the pleasure of working with Nick over the years on a variety of efforts the question he finally gets to is <laughs> uh describe to me whichever path you choose either the the similarities or the differences between being a musician in a going concern and being an entrepreneur trying to build something. Who? Yeah. Um, so I think it's, there's similarities and there's differences. I think it, it's fairly equal. Um, <clears throat> the best skill that came from, uh, the, the music is learning how to, coexist and work with other people in a very, in like a creative way. So it's, I've gotten, (laughs) I continue to think I get better at this as I get older. Um, 
some of my current coworkers might disagree, but I, <laughs> um, you know, I, it's hard to not think every idea is precious. Um, you know, and that every idea you have is the right one. Um, and with the music stuff, it was easier with music because you play one instrument and I don't play the other ones. So obviously mm -hmm. the mindset is kind of automatic of I'm going to do my part and everyone else is going to do theirs. I'm going to have opinions <laughs> because that's just me. <laughs> but, but like at the end of the day, they make the call. And so taking that and jumping to a startup, specifically a tiny little video game company, um, and not really knowing what we were doing, the, my, for me, I felt like I had to have a hand in everything and I had to like know how to do everything. But we also had other people in the company that thought the same. And so that was where a lot of the conflict kind of would mm -hmm. come from. And uh, <laughs> I remember we were crunching at the end, like really trying to get this trailer put together for the big pie demo day. Um, mm -hmm. And this trailer was like huge deal. And because we had parts of the game done, but the parts of that game weren't at a stage that looked good for a presentation. So we, from scratch, built a whole trailer of completely new assets, completely new everything, <laughs> just for a trailer. And I knew how I wanted this trailer to look in my mind. I like knew the whole thing. And I would go ahead. I went ahead and did all the audio and timing with the storyboard of it before mm -hmm. it was even done. And so I was like, this is how it's going to go. And needless to say, it was different in the end, but <laughs> the, but I remember, uh, Mitch <laughs> sitting quietly in that, when we were in the little glass in dome the fish and, bowl. in the fishbowl. Yeah. And mm. I remember him <laughs> just sitting in that corner quietly working. And all of us were in there just going at it, just at each other's throats <laughs> and just like, no, this is like, we can't do this. Like, this isn't how it can end. Like, <laughs> and we all were just like, everyone just kind of stopped talking. And then I looked over and I saw Mitch there. I was all, Oh, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just looked up and he was like, <laughs> back. and I think, I think that simple reaction was just like, this is, this is normal. This is normal, yeah. you know, to yeah. go through that type of thing. But over time, you know, I had to try and get back to that mindset of like, okay, I, I am not a coder. I am not an artist. Like, and, and I, you know, I'm here to do the audio and I'm here to help with, like a, a project management type of thing. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I have to just trust that the people I am working with. And at that time, the people I chose to work with that I chose them for a reason and I need to just trust them to do it. Um, and eventually by the time we ended up doing the game Mayday, it, 
it went pretty smooth and it was a much better um, experience for that just because we learned so much um, in terms of how to work together in a creative world. And so I have a huge appreciation for that. You know, now I know people that work at huge game companies and like, you know, I get it. I, I understand that it's, you know, these teams are huge. And now, especially with what we're building um, over at Autodesk, you know, it's it's gone from a startup where we're all kind of in each other's faces with everything to we really have our specific stuff. Like this is our responsibility. And yep. yes, it will affect like what happens over here affects us a little bit and what we do over here affects them a little bit. So there is communication, but it's really just that letting go um, and not ha like, I think, I think that what I said earlier, just like you, my ideas aren't as precious as I think they are. <laughs> um, yep. And, and they can be to me, but that doesn't, like override literally everything else. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> so yeah. how does that contrast or compare with creating music? Because it sounds like you're making music again. Hun. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it feels so much easier now, like so simple, you know, I, and I think that was, and I can't, I, I I'm giving away some, which is fine. You know, we're, we have to tease it a bit, but like, you know, okay, there was some stuff it, that was, there was some that. stuff that was recorded and it wasn't complete. And so I went down to add my pieces to it and, <laughs> oh, and it was so nice. Like it was just like, yeah, this is, this is my role. This is what I do. And, you know, Jesse trusts me to come up with whatever's in my brain for mm -hmm. what I'm listening to. I think it's different than a startup mentality with music. Like, I think music's just so much more fluid, you know, mm -hmm. it, where you do have things. There's checklists with startups. There's stuff that you just have to do. Um, yep. There's nothing I have to do on the guitar. Like, I can... I can hit one string and one note and that, and then I can be like, yep, that's all this needed was just that's one a, note. That was, that's what I yeah. did. Or, yeah. Or I can like <laughs> decide no, no guitar on this one. I want to, you know, play, play a, a melodica. <laughs> so, you know, like it's, it's just so it's, you can't do that with a company. You just, you can't. Um, yep. because at the end of the day with a company, everything is meant to create revenue, um, right. like everything and with music and where we're at again, emphasizing it's, we, it's as a career, it is different. Like I have friends that they, music is their career and the choices they make, are creative, but at the end of the day, they have to be something that is going to be catchy and resonate, you know, and it is a science on how you do that kind of stuff. But, you know, we, we're just lucky and we don't have to do that right now. 
Um, who knows, maybe in the future, but <laughs> for now, we're happy just letting it kind of be whatever we're imagining. On another purely not money-making venture, mm. what the hell is going on with your cooking videos? <laughs> Talk to me about... Oh, about, man. Tell, describe for our viewers and listeners mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a typical Nick Lambert cooking video on Instagram, and then tell <laughs> us why. So... It all came from uh, the pandemic. And I started making these videos early on of like, I think I, the first one I made was maybe like two weeks into everything being shut down. Mm-hmm. And that was when we thought it was going to be two weeks of everything being shut down. And like, little did we know that it would be two years. Um, but like, I... I made a video which I just used the iMovie templates on the phone because I was just, I didn't even know those existed, to be honest. And it's a full trailer. They're crazy. Dude, yeah, it's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And they, it's everything is there. And they're like, you need a 2.5 second clip and you need a three second clip. And it's, mm-hmm. and so I would, I was like, oh my God, this sounds like it could be an absolute disaster, which is why <laughs> I was drawn to it. And Fair. so I remember the first one I ever did, I was waiting to have like my time to go into a grocery store, I think. Like, because they only oh, let when like. You used to have to go yeah, wait in line to get. Yeah. Yeah. It was like five people at a time, but I had like a pole tab or something. And <laughs> I remember I was just waiting in my car and I was like, I'm just going to film myself one long clip and then I'm just going to cut it up and put it in there. <laughs> and. And that was what I did. And that was like my first update of the pandemic. So as, mm-hmm. as it kept going and the pandemic, kept, the lockdowns kept going, you can, you can see me slowly starting to crack. Like I'm definitely kind of <laughs> losing my mind. And I hadn't my gross, the groceries that I had ordered were delayed. And so I like had hardly any food that went together left where I, it went in my kitchen and like nothing really went with the other thing. It was just like, what if I have parts of a lot of things? And I was like, Oh man, I should just make, I should just pick a dish and just make it with literally whatever I have. And so the first one I did, I believe it was the taco. Um, I the taco. And so I just, and as you said earlier in the podcast, you know, I, I do it all in a, in one take. I did like, I would cut, but every clip you saw was just that one take. Like I wasn't editing. <laughs> so, and if I messed it up a bunch, that was it for the food. I'd have to like figure something else out. But like, I, <laughs> I didn't have anything for a taco. And so I had, I'm trying to remember the, <laughs> The shell was just a slice of bread that I had. Uh, the mm-hmm. taco shell was just bread. <laughs> and I had like a single leaf of like iceberg lettuce. <laughs> and, um, oh yeah. Okay. So I had, that was it. And then I had only two other things. I had a, <laughs> I had a mozzarella stick <laughs> that I, crushed up in my hands for cheese. And then I had, for some reason, 
the only like meat protein type thing I had was literally one single hard boiled egg. <laughs> and, and I remember I crushed it in my hand. <laughs> I remember doing it and try, like I, I had only one egg to crush. And so I really had to like stifle anything that was cracking mm-hmm. myself up to get through that take. Cause I can't laugh in the take. That's, that's where it ends. And God, I just was thinking the whole time I was like, this is going to really mess some people up. <laughs> like seeing me just <laughs> crush this hard boiled egg with my bare hand in a, <laughs> and then just eat it. Like just eat literally a like moist <laughs> slice of bread with a leaf of lettuce, <laughs> crushed mozzarella stick and hand hand smashed uh hard boiled egg and just like that was my taco and i did it's it artisanal man <laughs> artisanal it really it really <laughs> took off um it really had an impact <laughs> was there anything that you made during this series of videos that you were like i am not going to eat that all of it um but i did eat it uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> they were all bad um I did one, one of my favorite morning like breakfast dishes around Portland is the, uh, the potato hash at Proudberry coffee. Mm. And, uh, I was like, I'm just going to make that at home. And <laughs> I mean, it was, did you it have was really, I had nothing. I had literally <laughs> nothing that was the same. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I used for the sauce. It was, Oh, I used, <laughs> they had, <laughs> They have a sauce of like a base that's kind of underneath everything. I had nothing but applesauce. (laughs) So I had like applesauce. I'm trying to remember what the, I didn't have like, obviously I didn't have potatoes or like hash brown materials. I think it was noodles. I think it was like ramen noodles and God, it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, the applesauce was re- really made it horrible, um, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I would take like a bite of things. One that turned out fine was a Pepsi cookie. I didn't have, I, you know, huh. the joke was I'm also like dumb uh, in these. And I like, I don't know what to actually replace things with. I mean, I did have water. <laughs> I had running water. I could have just used that. But I was like, I have a liter for some reason that I never ordered. I don't know how I got it, but I had a a two liter of Pepsi uh, Mm -hmm. in my fridge. I was like, what am I going to do with this? (laughs) I was like, I'll just make a cookie where the the liquid base of it is going to be only Pepsi. Um, Here's the thing. Honestly, it was kind of good. Like it actually kind of <laughs> turned out really good. <laughs> you know, just mix it Save with flour. That recipe for future generations. Pepsi, flour, and chocolate chips. That was it. It was huh. like it totally worked. <laughs> just put it in a skillet. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I haven't made any sense. <laughs> no, <sighs> just no. It it was. I feel like that was an era. I don't know if I can do it again. Um, I feel like my Instagram videos have like segments and they, they have a, they have a, a shelf. It's like life. a season. 
Yeah. We didn't season of pandemic yep. cooking. What's the next? Because then they're not funny to me anymore. Like I only do them if they're funny to me, right. and like the joke only lasts so long for right. myself. Right. <laughs> Who right. knows what the next one will be? I need to ask you a series of five mildly interesting questions, but before yeah, I do that, do I need to tell you, Rick, close your ears. You don't want to <laughs> just. Oh wow. Oh, Good baby. Oh, wow. Um, you're the closest thing I've ever had to a brother-in-law, and that's just like my brain thinks of you as Rick's little brother, and it makes me so happy. And so, just know that Rick and I are incredibly invested in your happiness and your life and your joy, and you are so loved and so accepted on home. Well, thank you. That means the world to me. I mean, you two have definitely been like my my Portland siblings here, so mm-hmm. I. Love you both a ton. Um, I, here's the thing. Yes, I'm moving to Spokane, but like I'm going to be back probably pretty often. And like I'm still probably going to see most people the same <laughs> amount that I would have anyway. Like but even with me living here. here. Yeah. Oh, man, you're back. right. <sighs> I know those aliens that we met. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. That's the worst. That was like the worst cover. That was juvenile. We could have come up with any other cover. You just lost later when he's. I have to edit. I have to edit the episode. (laughs) Oh, you can't. You can't edit anything. Oh, I'll just skip that part. Yeah. I'll come sit downstairs. Post away. That was. And when it gets to that part, I'll be like, okay, go. La 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 la. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right, Nick Lambert. Video game aficionado, yeah. spare ingredient outdoor chef, mm-hmm. Christian rock legend, wow. brother-in-law. <laughs> yes. Are you ready for some mildly interesting questions? I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Question number one, favorite but least useful hobby? <laughs> uh, I mean, shoot, probably... Probably video games. I I love video games, but it yeah. distracts me. If anything, <laughs> things I should be doing. <laughs> given, given your career, I'm gonna go with weird. But yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and question number two: Would you like to survive the zombie apocalypse? Yeah, I think so. Um, I just like surviving. Um, I like being alive. <laughs> Nice. Uh, <laughs> that is very much a similar reason as to why I would like to survive the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. I just don't want to be dead. I so just choose like yeah, life. I've I've never been dead before. I know yeah. what being alive is like, so I'll yeah. stick with that. Yeah, I'm okay I've seen a lot at of zombie being alive. Movies. Yeah, I'm passable at being alive. <laughs> uh, question number three: What is the last food that you photographed? <laughs> last food that I photographed. Uh, I think it was the special, uh, I w- was at on, oh my God, what day was it? Was it Saturday? Yeah. Uh, I don't for even a know birthday, what day today is. Um, at Karina up in Northwest, um, they had a special pasta and chicken and Alfredo. And I was just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And I took a photo nice. of it that I obviously didn't post, um, cause I, I, Spoiler, I'm not a photographer. 
Um, <laughs> Actually, I'm with my friend Tracy because she doesn't care how ugly food is. She just wants to see what everyone is eating. So I'll set you up. Uh, question number four. What is the best season? Ooh, uh, easily autumn, like fall, autumn, hands down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, question number five. Magnets or stickers? Magnets. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Here's... Here's a quick reasoning behind that. Uh, I traumatized myself with stickers. Um, my <laughs> first, the first guitar I ever owned um, was this beautiful, like white Les Paul, <laughs> and I got it when I was nineteen, eighteen, and for some reason, and I blame uh, Weezer for this. Uh, don't we all they had yeah um you know their guitars were just loaded with stickers and i was like that's the coolest thing i've ever seen and i for the next several years proceeded to completely cover this guitar in stickers and i did for a long time think that was the coolest thing that i could have possibly done to this guitar I remember getting another guitar years later and I was like, man, this guitar looks so good without stickers. (laughs) And then I remember looking at my one with stickers and I was like, what, what have I done? And (laughs) because I remember what it looked like originally and it was a beautiful guitar. I then spent two weeks trying to get all the stickers off. Some of these had been on there, mind you, for almost a decade, if not longer. Because you're old now. Yeah. And there, it was literally pulling (laughs) chunks of this guitar. I mean, this guitar had been through everything. (laughs) These stickers were like kind of protecting it. (laughs) And I didn't realize how often... I like dropped this guitar or like it hit something and all these things. And so as I'm taking (laughs) these stickers off, it's, it's as if the wound, the scabs never healed on this guitar. And it was like, I was just ripping these off and I'm seeing exposed wood. I was like, what's What's happening? It was very traumatic. Um, I eventually got it all off. I had to spend a lot of money trying to restore and repair this thing. And I was like, never again, never again. Did you feel like and a I grown up at that moment? You're like, oh, yeah, shit, it felt, fix this thing. Yeah, it felt, and, but I do not, I do not have stickers on anything I own anymore. Like not, not anywhere. So I won't send you some stickers. Yeah, don't. Uh, Please. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't. Um, But magnets love them. Um, Because you always got stuff to hang on a fridge, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. especially when you live alone. (laughs) Like, like, oh, that's so nice to see those people. (laughs) Oh, they look happy. Those people look happy. Those people are so sweet. A recipe that doesn't call for bread and five-pound yeah. egg. Mozzarella <laughs> stick. Yeah. That's the key to any taco. <laughs> hey, Rick. Nick and I have already had our 
emotional moment. Do you want to? Oh, great. Do you want to say anything? You want to close out the show? Yeah, I'll be skipping that in post. Uh, I (laughs) absolutely cherish the fact that I even got connected with Nick. Like we've been through so many things together. Like I'm so in awe of just his creative ability and like sense of self and just like, he's, he's just really an absolute delight to have in my life. And I'm really happy that we were able to get him on the show early because we'll definitely be bringing him back because we didn't even get to, we didn't even get to cover Walla Walla or Iceland or like any other important topics such as those. So, uh, Nick, you know this. I want you to hear this. I love you dearly. I, I cherish having you in my life. You're just a fantastic person. And and having the ability to share you with other people is always a pleasure for me. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. Uh, and uh, I look forward to, to having you back and, you know, maybe earning your your five-year, your five-year, five-episode Five-time Nike dunks or whatever we're doing for our five-time people. Heck, yeah. So thank you. Spike started cutting some onions over here, the cat did, (laughs) and now I'm a little – my eyes hurt. So I just – I No, I thank you, Rick. And, like, I honestly – where – where I am with my career is like your hands are all over that. And like, I, hands you, off. it's okay. It's consent. <laughs> um, I, but I mean, you've guided me through a ton and like, you've also, I mean, you've been there for some of my like darkest, worst times, uh, in my life. And, um, and you've all, yeah. And the cat hears it. <laughs> Spike yeah. knows. Yeah. Spike, Spike knows darkness. Like, yeah. knows. He is um, darkness. Yeah. And, and I've always, um, been grateful for you, uh, for that. And thank you. And yeah, yeah I, <laughs> Rick is like, stop talking. I, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I love you very much and you've, you've done a lot for me and I hope to, you know, repay that in kind someday, somehow. So you already have. So, <laughs> all right. Spike is Spike's getting too emotional. Spike's we Spike's like, we're we're done. Spike, Spike's wound up. So we're going to no. go ahead and close this out. You can, uh, you know, subscribe tune in and, and like. subscribe. So you subscribe get to see Nick like. next time on all these things. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and kill the recording and, Spend a few more minutes sending Nick (laughs) off, and we'll see you next time on Mildly Interesting. You men are so emotional. It is, yeah, totally. (laughs) 